1: yeah, yeah. I, I wonder if before we get into some um, chapters of, of the book and, and some of the examples that you you've laid out maybe you can give us a, a bit of a brief history of how we got to growing food in the first place I, I love what some of the opening elements of the book where you basically give a very brief history of, of food um, you know 13 billion years ago we've had the creation of the universe four billion years ago you know we have this fiery volcano ridden uh, earth. Uh, how do we get from from there to to growing uh, different types of, of grain, fruit, and cultivating it, which led to the the um, the increase in populations around the world?
0: Yeah, yeah, because there are <laughs> there are many different timescales that I try and introduce in the book, and I uh, the, the section that you mentioned is one in which I'm trying to just get people to start to think about uh, and, uh, and appreciate really the mind blowing inheritance really that does span back billions of years of biodiversity or as some people might refer to it agro-biodiversity, agricultural biological diversity so um and I, you know i i i make reference to the cambrian explosion hundreds of millions of years ago when the ancestors of most life on earth start to appear uh and then the arrival of grasses as wild wild grasses um just a, you know a few tens of millions of years ago um and 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 then the crucial periods of in human evolution, so the idea is that you know whether if you t- take two million years ago and the and the fact that we start to, uh, you know our ancestors um, in their different forms start to work on walk on two legs and the way we interact with nature in a completely different way and that that then um, becomes important in terms of our you know the way we forage and hunt and um i i the very first story in the book um and there's a chronology that does thread through the book of our our evolution and our relationship with nature so the very first story is me spending some time with the hadza in tanzania some of the last hunter gatherers in africa and and again it's almost like the starting point because that um lifestyle which they have held on to or at least 200 members of this um tribe in in eastern tanzania um near lake yasi is the is the oldest longest and most successful human lifestyle uh to date so um you know the idea that we we only started farming agriculture you know we became agriculturalists 10 12000 years ago well you know that that follows on from hundreds of thousands um of of uh, years as homo sapiens, as hunter-gatherers. And so I tell that story of the skills and the knowledge that the hunter-gatherers in Tanzania still have, which which would have been the dominant human story. Um, and then, yeah, 12,000 years ago in the Fertile Crescent, which is southeastern Turkey, into Iran, Iraq, uh, Syria, that part of the world, you, you get um, hunter-gatherers who are interacting Um, more purposefully with um, these wild grasses, uh, consciously and unconsciously selecting ones that um, are producing uh, more food, uh, more consistent, reliable food as well, which is how we then end up with domesticated varieties of wheat, barley, chickpeas, lentils, the so-called Neolithic package, and that really is a turning point because it, that then results in settled um, communities, uh, food that can be stored, uh, completely changes diets, and also um, human civilization. So the very first cities emerge from those origins in the Fertile Crescent as well. And then what we see is these 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 populations spreading out around the world, and these practices so that farming really starts to take off and hunting and gathering disappears. And where it was wheat and that are those other um, ingredients from the Neolithic package in the fertile crescent, in southern Mexico we have maize and maize culture, uh in, in China, um the domestication of rice as well, all from these wild grasses, but they are the ones that provide the energy and the storable carbohydrate that then goes on to change life and humans, human societies as we know it. So yeah, I think the history is really important because it does explain really our evolutionary history in terms of the amount of plants those hunter-gatherers would have been um, feeding from, the huge amount of diversity that they would have been exposed to through the seasons, and also the way in which those plants, as they've been domesticated and then spread around the world, adapt to different cultural uh, preferences and also environmental factors as well so we end up with huge amounts of diversity of, of the same kind of food wheat as it travels around the world becomes hundreds of thousands of different things because it does adapt to different soils uh, access to water and so on and that's why i wanted to tell that story it's uh, we all need to know that history
1: yeah, I, I think it's a, it's it's such an important um, anchor for a lot of people learning about food and the production of food and farming in general. A quick question about those different grasses: Would the um, the dominance of corn, the dominance of rice, and all the uh, all the different plant varieties have occurred simultaneously as the wheat dominance in places like? what we call now the Middle East, but the Levantine area, Jordan, Syria, those sort of areas around um, at that part of the world. Would that be in concurrence or would it be uh, step changes afterwards, like a little bit further as as uh, humans um, migrated?
0: It's pretty much concurrent. Um, so... Um archaeobotanists are still doing a lot of work and making discoveries um, about uh, you know early forms of farming um but because of um mostly we think climatic reasons around the world these different populations in different parts of the world end up interacting with the grasses in this new um new way so the the earliest um evidence of, of farming can be found in the fertile crescent. Uh, maize and rice evidence appears later. Um, but not we're not talking huge um amounts of of gaps in time. Um, so a few thousand years. But obviously in the big picture, I mean it's pretty all it's close together, really, in 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 human history. And one, you know, main explanation of that is because there were these climatic factors which meant that that lifestyle that practice that source of food was becoming uh, more important to those um small groups uh, that inhabited those parts of the world